0: What is up everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Sheehan Show here on Sherdog.com and we're back for the first time this year with a Bellator preview as Bellator 290 goes down over in the fabulous forum uh, in uh, Inglewood in California in the United States Uh, on the 4th of February in the main event, uh, the legend Fedor Emelianenko will... uh, retire from MMA in a rematch with Ryan Bader for the Bellator heavyweight title the middleweight title is also on the line as the new champ Johnny Eblen takes on uh, one of Fedor's protégés Anatoly Tokov uh, and there are some of the other big names uh, from Bellator from down through the years I suppose are also on this card it's actually you know it's, it's a pretty good card It's it's an enjoyable card I think there's some good matchmaking on this card, and I'm really looking forward to uh, to seeing it and to analysing it here as well. Before we get into that, just a quick word on Bellator. Obviously, I did my uh, my review of the year, and if you haven't seen that uh, on Sherdog.com, please check it out. You'll find it here uh, on the YouTube or on the, uh, the Shein Show Spotify or anywhere like that as so if you want to catch it on audio. But I talked about last year Bellator having kind of a year where a lot of things I think... Went wrong for them, and a lot of maybe small things in the grand scheme of things. But when they all kind of went wrong together, I think it turned into like a very negative year for Bellator. Now, I'll give them credit, like it wasn't necessarily their fault, like a lot of it was good matchmaking that turned into boring fights, or you know, maybe an injury or a no contest in a main event, which you know, we see all the time. We've seen it in uh, UFC and we see it regularly, so it's not just Bellator. But well, it feels like Bellator just had an inordinate amount of those last year um, and had a kind of a lack of excitement in lots of different ways. It just felt as well like the Way tournament, which has been fantastic, lost a small bit of luster maybe when... Sergio Pettis got injured and fell out of it. So you have this tournament which is supposed to have the belt brought with it throughout it and then, it, okay, it had the interim belt, but it turned around to something which was basically like a number one contender tournament, um, which is a, kind of a bit weird. Now, it's been fine and it's it's been very, very good in terms of the fights and I never asked for anything but good fights, but it's one thing, it's just a little bit of like the, 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 the extra oomph you would get from that tournament has been lost and I think you know Bellator or anything would uh would kind of say that to themselves but that was for last year just to kind of give maybe the scope of where they are but for next year I think it's a really big year for Bellator a really big year because you know we saw Ariel talking about the sale and you know we saw um a lot of people in the last year talking about not knowing Bellator cards are coming up or like the promotion not being what it once was and all of these different sorts of things. I think they need to turn that around this year. The promotion needs to be better. The, uh, the fights need to be better, which is not, you know, often to the fighters, I suppose. Um, and it all needs to improve a little bit and that can happen. You know, it can, it can happen, can turn around very, very quickly with good matchmaking and, and all of that. Now, you have to be honest here, and especially the main event in this, is this good matchmaking? We'll get into it. The Irish card, is there a great matchmaking on that? You know, not necessarily. I saw Chris Seibert talking about, I was supposed to fight Katzingana, all of a sudden she's fighting Liam McCourt. What's going on there? um you know, so things like that are, happen- are happening. Now, maybe they'll turn and there'll be good fights and all of that. James Gallagher was supposed to, you know, everyone was like, oh, okay, he's going to be the Irish headliner or co-headliner. Suddenly he's fighting on the prelims in San Jose. Just all, some bizarre stuff as well. So are the signs great in terms of turning around? Maybe not necessarily, but... I think it's something, you know, for the first show of the year, talking about Bellator, it's definitely something I wanted to to touch on. Definitely something that I think with all of these shows and maybe every second uh, preview show or, or, or review show, maybe even if I'm doing them uh, as well, it'll be something to talk about, something to kind of uh, see how Bellator are going after what happened last year. Um, and I suppose to start out, it is... As I said, it's, it's a good card, but with the main event that could leave us all feeling a bit glum because it's Fedor, a million inco. In what is allegedly his last fight against the guy who knocked him out in seconds the last time they fought when Fedor was a few years younger. Watched the fight yesterday. It was literally what was it? Let me let me just check here over on SherDog.com. .com? The Suredog.com the uh uh the 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 keepers of all things timed and and all like that. It was thirty five seconds. It fell it fell faster. It fell faster than that. If something similar happens here, is this gonna be a sad end to this? Because we saw last week Shogun retires very very sad we saw Frank Yeager get knocked out a couple of times in a row very very sad uh, now look the Glover one was a little bit different that, that was maybe not necessarily a happy ending but you know he put in a good effort got to the end put in a tough fight and he goes I'm too tough for this shit walked away from it if something like that could happen to Fader, now it could be a very very uh, inspiring or if he got the win it could be massive as well but is that plausible is that a big thing we will get to that in a second so Let's get to the We'll get into the card now Because I want to talk about Fedor Mellininko Now usually I would start These previews by You know previewing the, the main event Going from top to bottom bottom to top Or whatever But I think it's Better off today To start talking about Fedor Mellininko Because this card is built around Fedor I Meningo. Obviously, you know, they wanted it to be in uh, in Moscow. Um, it couldn't be, obviously, because uh, of the, the war with uh, Ukraine at the moment. And they've, they've obviously had to switch it up and bring it to, I suppose, um, you know, Bellator are based in, uh, I suppose, Dublin-slash-California. These <laughs> are more San Jose, but this is in the forum where they've done uh, a lot of big cards over the last while, so he's over there with his teammate, I suppose, in tow as well in the um, uh, in co-main event. And, like, Fedor's career is one, I think, over the next while, well, you know, I'm, this, I'm recording this a little bit early, obviously, but over the next week, um, I think Bellator, and especially the last few days, they need to really... Uh, pump up Fedor as much as possible and talk about this in the way it needs to be talked about as this is one of the greatest fighters of all time in his swan song his last ever fight you know we we could talk about him recently you know and he lost that fight to Fedor but uh Bedor Bedor Bay- Bay- I mean um but he's won four fights around that you know I beat Tim Johnson which I didn't think was going to happen knocked out Rampage obviously beat Chael and beat Frank Mir as well after the Dmitrion the loss but you know after that initial um um retirement back in 2012, when he, you know, he famously came back against Jadeep Singh in 2015, he's only really had two losses. So it's not exactly as if he's come back and, you know, it's been an embarrassing uh, time for Fedor. So I think that has been good for the latter part of his career to be kind of like that. But for the, the start of his career and the main part of his career, and okay, well, you know, we had, he had the middle part with the Verdum uh, Bigfoot Silva and Dan Henderson three losses uh, in a row when he got to uh, when he got to strike force. But like before that beating Andre Arlovsky, beating Tim Sylvia uh, in uh, in affliction to kind of prove that Okay, I can beat these former UFC champions as well after going on such an almighty run on, on Pride inside and outside of... Uh, probably you not know, fighting Bodog and other places as well, but you know, beating Mark Hunt, Mark Coleman, Mirko Krokop, Big Nog, uh, Kevin Randleman, Mark Coleman, Gary Goodrich, you know just the names go on and on and on down through the years, Babalu and many, many others, Ricardo Arona, who's a very underrated fighter as well, you know, going on that, what was a 20 fight win streak or whatever it was, was absolutely amazing. And like, if you think about it, a heavyweight unheard of. For a guy that isn't that big of a heavyweight as well, it just so showed the skill set that Fedor uh, had and, you know, has, I suppose, in certain aspects, um, was brilliant for the time, was far ahead of where he was at the time. And, you know, he's now 46 years of age, was never able to get that UFC bout that everyone really, really wanted. But he is, by far and away, the most successful, the most highly thought of GOAT outside of the UFC. You know, there's some great guys in Bellator at the moment. We'll analyse them at the end of their careers and see where they are, uh, in comparison to Fedor you know the likes of uh, Patricio and um, uh, AJ McKee and others but Fedor is that guy he's an absolute legend of the sport you know for someone who is 16 years younger than Fedor and I, here in Ireland I didn't get into it until I was 18, 19 years of age you know he was obviously fighting for <laughs> a long time before that you know had most of his career but before I even heard of MMA you know To be able to go back and watch them pride fights, to see clips of him, to hear people like Josh Gross and other people here on Sherlock as well talk about him. It's absolutely uh, it's absolutely fantastic. And I think a big part of MMA as well, we need to respect our heritage. We need to respect our elder statesmen uh, and women in the sport. And if you don't respect Fedor, you're not respecting the elders of our sport and the legends of our sport. And, you know, we can talk and we can always have a discussion. Is he the best heavyweight? Is he not the best heavyweight? Is he the best fighter? Is he not the best fighter? But it doesn't matter, right? At the end of the day, he's a great, an absolute great, whether he's the best, second best, 10th best, 50th best, an absolute legend of the sport and a great. And we need to appreciate that. And if this week ends in disappointment, I think it should uh be filled before and after with admiration for the fighter that Fedor was. An absolute before his time skilled barbarian of a fighter, an absolute legend. So um, Fedor, if you're if you're watching, shout out <laughs> but uh, I, I couldn't uh, I couldn't speak highly enough of him. And, you know, as someone I'm sure you know, as I mentioned, Josh Gross and others as well who've been around the damn site longer than me could talk better about the intricacies of all of it. I'm definitely someone who's gone back and watched it and very much um, enjoyed it, but appreciated it as well. And for new fans of MMA, you know, for you it might be John Jones, or for you it might be, you know. Rashad Evans or Matt Hughes Or someone that you missed out on um, In real time But there still is the opportunity to go back and appreciate them. I remember I did it with Sakuraba once And I was like god almighty this guy Like, sometimes we think, oh, MMA 20 years ago, MMA 15 years ago, it's a different sport to what we have today. In many ways it is, but then you go back and you watch some of Sakuraba's fights or Fedor fights, you're thinking, like, these guys in their prime, fighting the way they are, could have success in certain ways today. And obviously the adaptation to the game as well would be a damn sight different Um and to think, like, if Fedor adapted to the game today and fought, you know, even a more heavy wrestling-based game or Sambo-based game along with his rapid hands for a heavyweight, could he not have success? Could he not have success? Like, you look at some of the guys, like, look, let's say, look at the likes of Derek Lewis, who has great success as a heavyweight over the last while, or Curtis Blades or other guys like that who have, you know, have climbed their way up, or um, Pavlovich at the moment and others, um, like, you're telling me a prime fader couldn't do what those guys are doing or even better and in some cases much better and climb to the top or near the top of that heavyweight division in the UFC absolutely he could without a shadow of a doubt he could and um, we need to respect him for that Um, but to the fight and this is where we change because I was there talking for the last five, 10 minutes or whatever about the career and the, the legendary status of Fedor over, you know, 20 years or whatever it is. But now we must talk about 46 year old Fedor and I'll get into the preview of the actual uh, contest itself. Um, and it look, it's very hard to see this going anyway, but a, a Bader win. Um, at this, like, the thing about Bader as well is if you've seen him recently fighting at 205, he's looked old you know he's looked like and Bader's been around a long time he's 37 fights that is a lot of fights a lot of fights to have especially when you come into the UFC pretty early you went over to Bellator you've been going up and down weight classes a lot of wear and tear in Ryan Bader and when he is at um, 205 it shows doesn't show as much at at heavyweight I remember during his his last heavyweight fight or the one he came back up to um, uh, was it the Moldovsky fight maybe I was like People should be, his family should be feeding him Kit Kats and stuff, so he never goes back down to 205 again because he, at this stage of his career, he belongs at heavyweight. Now, the one thing you could say if you are Fedor, if you're looking for a winnable uh, outcome for Fedor here, maybe push that pace on him early and try to turn it into more of a light heavyweight fight where you are moving fast and throwing fast we saw what happened did did he kind of do that the last time I think he kind of did and what happened he got left hooked into a Bolivian and knocked Spark out so that's that's easy for me to say or easy for uh, you know himself to think he's going to do but to actually be able to go out and do it is a very very different thing like you look at better I mentioned that left hook he has that kind of, the, the the jumping stance, I would say it, where um, he is always looking for something. He's always looking for that left hook, always looking for the jab, always looking for the right hand down the middle, and then a takedown as well. If it presents itself, he will absolutely take it. When he gets to the ground, he's very, very heavy on top. You know, his background in, in wrestling uh, is, is well told, I suppose, at this stage, and he's very, 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 very good at it. Um, for... Fedor then, look, we know, we know what Fedor's been like down through the years, the combat sambo artists who can wrestle and do jiu-jitsu and uh, strike and all of that. Um, I don't think he'd be taking Bader down necessarily. Now, may- maybe it's a tactic that would be useful in a fight like this. I don't think so. What Fedor has been doing recently, and I think what he will do again here, uh, and look what he's done throughout most of his career, let's be honest. Is come out with those wild, fast hands. Like that last fight against Tim Johnson, I like I was expecting Tim Johnson to win that fight. I'll be honest. But the speed, like the speed is still there for Fedor. The power never goes, but that speed is still there for Fedor in his hands. Now, is it there in his movements or is it there uh, all around against someone like Bader? You know, I don't think so. I don't think so. Honestly, if we've, look, if this goes 10, 15, 25 minutes, I think this is a Ryan Bader fight. All in all, the cardio is going to be better. Um, you know, the athleticism and speed and all that is going to be better. But the hand speed... You know, Bader is very accurate and throws that lovely left hook, as I mentioned, left hook is probably the shot that's going to land again, if we're being honest. But Fedor, there's, I don't think there's anyone still to this day nearly in that heavyweight division in Bellator that throws the speed of combinations that he does. Um, and if he can get them going and land and Ryan better, he can absolutely knock him out. Absolutely knock him out. But the problem is you have to throw them at Bader and hope he doesn't catch you on the way back. It's almost, you know, sometimes it's easier to, well, always it's easier to defend against a guy like fade or when you know what's coming kind of. When you know it's gonna be the three punch combination. You you know, whether you are like waiting for those three punches to come before you attack, whether you're throwing one, letting him throw the tree, getting back out and turning him out, and then the next time he does it, you'll be able, you're gonna be able to beat him to the punch. And before he gets off the second of the punches, he's knocked out. Or he's wobbled or he's pushed back and he can't get the second one off. Or you're far enough away to stop him from doing that. That's where I think this fight is is really Ryan Bader because he's going to be able to beat Fedor to the punch like he did the first time. I think, in my opinion, uh, he's going to have a lot of power. And look, Fedor's chin is, it just can't hold up to, um. I suppose, what he used. And as I said, he hasn't been getting knocked out all over the place. He did, obviously, in the Bader fight and in the Matt Mitrion fight as well. But, like, look at Bader and Matt Mitrion. You know, they're younger, really fast, athletic guys. Um, and it's hard not to see it going that way again. Now, haven't said that right? Th- th- what did I say? Thirty-five seconds. This one, the Matt mitreon one, was almost a double knockout. So <laughs> it's not. It's not as if like he's getting taken apart by these guys or anything. But you would feel though that the longer it goes, maybe he would get taken apart. Um, at this stage of his career, but it's yeah. It's look. It's my. Uh, I'm giving my. I'll give my picks for these fights. Bader, Bader has to be the pick here, and, um, you know I, I'm a fan of Ryan Bader, I like him but I, I think a lot of people will, will be praying Fader can do it for one last time leave that, um, leave that heavyweight strap uh, on the uh, on the floor and maybe Bader can uh, fight against one of the guys on the on the undercard who's fighting here as well we might as well talk about that fight just while we're on the heavyweights Steve Murray uh, against Ali uh, Isayev I, I, I broke the news of this fight if I'm not mistaken um and do you know what? I, I think Bella, Bellator know that I'm a big fan of Steve Maury, and that's, that's probably why uh, why this happened. Um, and he like we're going back watching the two of these lads last night. Like especially Isaiev, Maury looks athletic, right? And he is athletic and he's big, right? But Isayev does not look that athletic, but is really athletic. He throws these wheel kicks, you know, fighting in PFL. He won the the championship there. He hasn't fought now in a while, but it's just. It, this is going to be a really athletic kicking bat lately I think now Isayev has the wrestling and he's a very good wrestler but Maori, like not, uh, he's 10-0 and 0 and it hasn't been an issue for him yet Isayev is 9-0 and 0, um, and I just want like I want I think this will come down to the wrestling I think it really will come down to the wrestling now look maybe Isayev will come out and not head kick him in one second it'll be over maybe Maori will come out and head, head kick him in one second it'll be all over so it won't but I think if look if this goes uh, a certain distance if Maury can stop the wrestling, it gives him a big chance. If Isaiah can get the wrestling, he's going to win because he's brilliant on top. Um, and as much as I like Maori, it's very hard to see past that wrestling of Isaiah because he strikes into it so well. More, like most guys, especially at heavyweight, are, and you know, we talk about it with Fedor as well, they're not able to strike into the wrestling the way he does and the way Fedor does. They're not, they don't have the athleticism to throw a big wheel kicks are to give you issues to set up another part of their game. But Isayev really does now. As I said, that timeout. How is that going to affect him? Uh, the size of Steve Maury. How is that going to affect him? Like, is it going to be a positive or a negative? And like, okay, so we we leave the resting aside for a second. Let's say it turns into a kickboxing match. Who's going to win that? I'm really not sure to be honest. I I, I think Maury is more of a um. How would you like to put this? Maybe a, a t- technical isn't the right word. Maybe tactical technical fighter who throws his big weapons at a very kind of uh, correct rate for the size of himself and for the weight division, whereas Esayev throws more willy-nilly to kind of set up other different things. So if Isaev throws madly and Maori is at a more contained pace. That might be advantage Maori right there. The longer the fight goes, but it's as I said, that wrestling is going be very, very tough to go by. i will probably go a side here, even though I'm a big fan of Maori. Uh, but you know, very, very close fight there. So those are the uh, the two big heavyweight fights on the card. Let's talk about the middleweight title fight, uh, between Johnny Eblen and Anatoly Tokov. Uh, obviously Eblen now twelve and oh coming off of that miraculous destruction of Gegard Mousasi before that, you know, relative unknown, I suppose, he did beat John Salter, but before that it was, you know, Colin Hookbody, Travis Davis, Daniel Madrid, you know, those were the sort of names he was beating in on on, uh, Gegard Mousasi out of nowhere, whereas Anatoly Tokov, he'd been around for a long, long time, and I I remember, uh, uh, you know, Tokov from that uh, was it the um, Fedor versus Maldonado card, if I'm not mistaken? Where the mad commentator just kept saying, Anatoly took a Tukov, over and over and over. And I think uh, a lot of people, uh, you know, d- didn't forget his name after that. He actually lost his next fight to Ramsam uh, Meev after that. So he's been building up, I suppose, since then. He signed for Bellator after that. And he's now won, what, seven fights in a row, uh, I think, in-, in Bellator, beating the likes of Shlomenko and um Gerald Harris and time. I actually watched that Gerald Harris fight last night. He almost got flatlined in, in that fight and he came back to win it. Um it's a very interesting matchup because look, you look at what Eblin did against Gegard Musassi, and it was basically 25 minutes of wrestling, you know. Um but we'll go back watch his fights before that, and he's striking a lot more. He's striking loads in those fights. So that makes me think like like is Anatoly Tokov going to be expecting wrestling here? Is he going to be expecting a combination? He's going to be expecting um, striking? Like that's the first thing to watch over. Like round one here is going to be very interesting just to see what kind of Johnny Eblen does because like it felt like in that Musashi fight it was everything was to set up the wrestling but in previous fights um, the, the Madrid fight especially he didn't wrestle at all. You know he went down and he knocked him out in the first round I think it was uh, watching that last night. Um Tokov is a much better defensive wrestler I think than than Musasi. a very good offensive wrestler but his defensive wrestling can be an issue at times uh, you know training out in Russia training with Fedor training in combat sambo you know I remember John McCarthy talking about him in one of the fights I watch back and he goes this guy can kind of do it all and he's strong in every area and he's proven that you know to win 31 of the 33 fights shows that you know one of the guys obviously Amayev was a top level fighter for a good while um I think this is a very interesting fight because you look at it like there's there's a, there's a an argument to be made that at the moment that Johnny Eblen is the best middleweight in the world. Like I would probably pick him to beat the UFC champion and the guy fighting for the UFC championship next. You know, there are two kickboxers, but and not to go full like American wrestlers or unbeatable stuff, but he is a very, very, very good wrestler. But he's fighting a Russian here who can wrestle and who can do someone, who can strike. Very even matchup. This is a very even matchup. Both have knockout power. I would say Anatoly Tokov has the advantage in terms of his all-around um, kickboxing and striking ability. He has massive power, but like we haven't seen much of Eblen's power. But when you have seen it, this guy can hit like a tank. The left hook, again, is really, really good. Like, that power left hook. And as I said, he did... uh, He's one of these guys as well that I feel like sometimes... I think he struck in fights just to practice because he knew his wrestling was there. And then when he needed it against Musassi, he just brought it back out and used it. That's high-level stuff. That is very, very high-level stuff there. And then you look at Tokov. Like, his game is all about constant movement and and feints, changing levels in small ways. And not changing levels for takedowns, but changing levels for strikes. Good rest and good take on the fence. This to me, like a lot of people are probably thinking here. Oh, Johnny Eblen took the belt off Musasi. He's going to be pretty much unbeatable now against a lot of these Bellator middleweights. I don't see it that way at all. Even though he is very good, not in this fight, certainly not. Not in this fight. Um, can can Eblen take him down over and over and over and over? I don't think so early, but late I think he can, and that's I pick an Eblen based on that. I think this could be two rounds to 0 to Tokov. possibly maybe and if it is I think Eblen still has the ability to, the tireder Tokov gets to take him down and I'm very interested to see it. I will go with Eblen. I will go with Eblen. But mark my words on this one. This will be a close fight. I I this I I could see this being a split decision or something like that. I I really could. I might be far off. I might be far off but looking forward to this. Um We'll run through the rest of the card. It is a very, very good card, but those two especially in the heavyweight fight to me are the, the kind of the, the standouts. Another standout is Sabah and Brennan Ward. And we, we saw my guy, uh, a Hitman, talking about this one. Look, I'm uh, Brennan is, uh, you know, a guy who's been around for a long time in Bellator and you could say the same, I suppose, for Sabah Two guys who go out there and will bang. This... This is a guaranteed banger I think and that's all you need to know about this I'm really looking forward to it. fight I like as well this is at the welterweight division as well there's three welterweight fights here in a row um, Lorenz Larkin against Ma- uh, Burkhamov. Uh Watch a bit of Burkhamov, obviously fights out of southpaw he does take a shot but he's insane strength on top he, he likes half guard, Loves he's a very good chain wrestler, um, good ground opponent, submissions as well. He's fighting Lorenz Arkin. You know, he's been around for a long time. Um, I suppose, look, you look at his seven losses and you see the names who he has lost. Paul Daly, Douglas Lima. Um, okay, Tumanov before that. Brunson, Filippo Tavares. It's mean, like, very rarely he actually gets beat by, say, the wrestler, like he fought Neil Magny, who would probably want to wrestle him, Karish who would want to wrestle him a bit, Carvalho would probably want to be wrestling him a bit, you know, okay, he hasn't fought the the loads of them down through the years, but I think this is an interesting fight, because, like, Lorenz is a guy who you think of, every time he fights, he should be in Bellator title contention. But every time he fights, he also comes in, up against a very, very tough guy who has the possibility to beat him. But yet, they rarely start to do. Um, I, uh, do you know what? Like, Lorenz, the, the one issue I would have for him is 36 years of age. And he, like, he, ha- okay, you, you know, this the, the no contest that happened the last time. They ha- he hasn't fought since the middle of last year before that. Then it was the middle of the year before. Then it was two thousand and nineteen. Like, that's a, might be a bit of an issue, might be a bit of an issue. So I think I'll just about go for Berkhamov in This the other uh, welterweight fight in is Neiman Gracie against Michael Lombardo. Watching Lombardo, I was very interested in him. Do you know what he? He reminds me of Wonderboy a bit. Not in the way he fights, but in in he's in the way he looks. He's like if you change his face, it'd be Wonderboy. He's like he's the same body is him he throws punches like but he he doesn't kick like him or fight necessarily like him but he does throw his hands a little bit like him but in more of a boxing style I really like his style as well hands up wades in with technical strikes looks a very good athlete as I said like Wonderboy. Um, and the variety of punches to me is what's the best thing about uh, Lombardo well just watch his jabs watch uh, there's a few of his PFL fights up on YouTube He's like, he throws three jabs to three different places in one sequence. You never see that in MMA. Never. That's going to be, he's fighting Neiman Gracie. It's going to be very hard for Gracie to deal with. He's a guy who likes to throw jabs himself, but likes to clinch up, obviously take guys to the round and submit them. Um, the way I look at this fight is, I think, like Lombardo has been taken down as not the best part of his game, and he does give up the clinch an awful lot. But if, he, if he's done nothing but worked on that clinch, in camp and can break off from it and I think he's fighting out of ATT as well I mean just checking in he is like if he was preparing with, with uh, Johnny Eblin for this coming up to it and was you know working on his wrestling and can break away from it I think he will beat Neiman Gracie standing Uh and I, I'm not sure what the price will be in this I, I think uh maybe, maybe Gracie could be the favourite best in his name based on what he's done but I like Lombardo and uh, I think I'm picking him for uh, for that one so very interesting there uh we've Henry Corrales then fighting Matt uh Ahmed uh, Ma- um, uh, Megamedov um this is his uh his second fight on uh, on Bellator after fighting uh, in the middle of last year he was fighting over in Brave undefeated fighter um who is you know very very good underground. will take you down submit you you know um five wins by submission um, and four decisions never knocked anyone out yet. But Henry Corral is in. We know what type of fighter he is. We've seen him for a long time. 36 years of age now, but rapid hands, big KO power, can finish you on the ground uh, as well. Uh, but I think he'll be trying to, to, to stay off the ground. I remember analyzing his fight, uh, Vladislav uh, Praborshenko, and thinking, like, this guy is really good takedown defense if he can keep it at a distance, <laughs> you know, which I suppose is self explanatory that'll be, look, that'll be the key here, again, there's no fooling anyone in this, um, with, we'll, you know, I'll go, I, I, i go with Corrales, you know, but with no, um, uh, with no big, um, you know, confidence, I suppose, in it, um, the undercard in is pretty good as well I'm not going to give all my pricks for this but I, I think one is very interesting look Matt Ravskopf is coming back against Christopher Gonzalez it'll be interesting to see how he goes Carl Albrechtson is coming in here against Grant Neal who I think is ranked at the moment Albrechtson lost to Karen Moore last time out Karen Moore gets a guy in his fucking second fight uh, outside of uh, outside of the rankings, and Albertson is in against Grant Neal Bizarre stuff altogether. Um, fun fight between Alejandra Lara and Diana Askarova. Kind of a step up, I think, there for Askerova uh, uh, for Diana. I'll just call her. Uh, Le- you know, Lara is only nine and six, but still, it is a step up in their sixth fight. It'll be interesting to see. It. She looks like she could be a star from Bellator. They've pushed her from the very very start. Really good fight as well. Darian Caldwell, the former champion, against Nikita Mikhailov um who came into Bellator um, with a really good win over my countryman Brian Moore and then had a win over Blanchard the last, uh, the, the second time out, out after that. Lost to Barzola, who's one of the top fighters in the world in Bellator and is a big test again here against Darian Caldwell. What a fight though for Darian Caldwell as well, you know. Still, we look at him, he's 35 years of age, he's been around for a while, he's lost three in a row, but it's Egon McKee and Barzola you know this is a real big fight for both of these guys I like if you go four in a row for Arian Caldwell will you be will Bellator be in the Caldwell business any more interested and Mikhailov loses it could be it could be a tough road for him as well a big step up again and this is kind of what this card shows I think Jalen Bates he's second on Jornel uh, Lugo who had a great fight here with Brian Moore over uh, in Dublin and was on the, the right side of a close decision there but you know Bates has been kind of running through uh, a lot of people here and he's opening six fight you know four submission wins there very good uh, on the ground you know Lugo is more of a good technical striker so I'm sure we know uh, which way that's going to go there I've <sighs> Do you know what, uh, I, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'll give my pick as Lugo on that one, but, and then a couple of the up-and-comers on it, uh, Peter uh, Ishiguro against uh, Isaiah Hockett, uh, Ethan Hughes against uh, Yusuf Karkaka as well there, so, good fight night, looking forward to it, it should be fun, and uh, you know, a good way to, I suppose, to start, Bellator off and then we're off to Dublin at the end of uh, February, and uh, a lot of uh, sleepless nights and a lot of fun for me, but uh, looking forward to it, Anyway. All right, I will leave it there. Enjoy the fights this weekend. My name is Sean Sheehan for Shardog.com, and I'll see you all next time.